Good afternoon. Welcome to the Long Live the First Amendment and Free Speech Podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Today I read the case Everett v. State, 561-SW2D-489, Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, 1978. Friends, are you ready for First Amendment stimulation and excitement today? You better be, because we're going to do our part to take the First Amendment to the next level. So what happened in this trial? Let's read from the decision. It says, quote, William C. Everett appeals his conviction for the offense of commercial obscenity. Punishment was assessed by the jury at three months in jail and a $1,000 fine. The sufficiency of the evidence is not challenged, end quote. I always like to remind my dear audience that you got it just the fine for inflation. 1978 happens to be the year I was born. That was a long time ago. So if you have one of those calculators, you can do the math. I haven't done that myself yet, but maybe someday I will. Three months in jail is awfully long. They don't put white beaters in jail that long sometimes. So what was the bone of contention here? It says, quote, 13 grounds of errors are set forth in appellant's brief. In light of our disposition of the appeal, discussion will be confined to the ground of error number three, wherein appellant alleges that the court erred in failing to excuse potential juror Holcomb for cause. Appellant contends that he, one, was compelled to exercise a preemptory challenge to this juror, two, that he exhausted all his preemptory challenges, and three, thereby forced to accept another objectionable juror, end quote. Although we have run across jury instructions in other obscenity trials, they come up fairly often. This looks like the first time an issue of a juror has come to our attention. So what was the problem with this juror? The decision says, quote, when questioned by appellant's counsel concerning the type of movies and books she found acceptable, she stated that, in her opinion, the, move, the motion picture cabaret was obscene because it suggested that the characters had engaged in premarital sexual relations. She held this opinion despite the fact that the film contained no nudity or explicit sexual activity. Upon further questioning, Juror Holcomb stated unequivocally that mere frontal nudity was obscene to her in and of itself. When asked if she could disregard her personal beliefs and consider the evidence in light of community standards of sending, Juror Holcomb indicated that she could not say that she would be compelled to find mere nudity on film obscene. End quote. She sounds like a prudish witch to me. I have not seen that film Cabaret. I'm sure I would find it mild. If you've seen that film, let me know what you think. It also says, quote, The responses elicited from potential juror Holcomb on voir dire show that she harbored a bias or prejudice against the law applicable to appellant's case in two respects. First, she expressed the firm conviction that mere nudity is obscene. The court has held that it is not. Second, juror Holcomb indicated that if confronted by mere nudity on film, she would be compelled to find it obscene and record 
with her personal standards, regardless of whether such a film offended contemporary community standards. BTCA Penal Code Section 4321B provides that it is a contemporary community standard and not one's personal standard that shall be applied in determining whether any given material is obscene. End quote. I can sure see why our friend here, William Charles Everett, wanted to get this lady off the trial. We can't have jurors like that on the trial. The prosecution of the original trial argues that she did back up a little bit, but fortunately, this court here says, quote, the state urges that when viewed as a whole, the voir dire of Mrs. Holcomb shows her to have been qualified. It says, quote, end quote, it says, quote, taken as a whole, we conclude that Jur Holcomb was not sufficiently rehabilitated and that her answers on voir dire showed her to be prejudice, prejudiced against the law applicable to the appellant's case. As such, she was subject to challenge for cause. The record reflects that the appellant requested that Holcomb be excused for cause and that the request was denied. The appellant was required to exercise a preemptory challenge in order to strike her and was forced to accept another objectionable juror as a result. Appellant exhausted all of her preemptory challenges and was denied an additional strike. Under these circumstances, the conviction must be set aside, end quote. And then it says, quote, the judgment is reversed and the cause remanded, end quote. I'm not sure why they're saying she, because William Charles Everett sounds like a male name to me. It's not like Sean or Jody that can go both ways. I don't know too many women named William. So I'm not sure what that means, but we can rejoice because this tactic works successfully. When we face obscenity trials, perhaps we can use it. Hopefully we can have the skill to ask the right questions to the potential jurors so we can remove the prudes like Holcomb here. Let's keep this in mind, friends, and let's keep fighting the good fight of the First Amendment, of anti-obscenity, of freedom of speech. How will you advance the First Amendment, freedom of speech, and third parties today? Long live the First Amendment and free speech. Goodbye.